I want you to think about the last time you were 100% ready to face your day. You're well rested, you're well fed, energy levels right up there, you're motivated. When was the last time that happened? If I had to guess, you probably can't think of a time. You can think of a time where you were most of those things, but probably not all of them. At most, you could say you hit like 90%. I think most of us function probably around, I would say, 80-85%. And then it goes down from there. So I want to talk about what happens when you get low. What if you're not well-rested, not well-fed, not motivated, all at the same time? What do we do? Welcome to the Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. It's easy to get burned out by things. It's easy to break down without proper self-care and maintenance, which is part of the reason this podcast exists. Because it's easy to be wrapped up in your kids, your job, all the things you have to do to live. It's really easy to get wrapped up in that. And eventually, you just wear down. As of this recording, I've been through three of the most stressful, time-consuming weeks that I've had in a long time. Now, for very different reasons, and none of them bad. It's just a lot of stuff all happening at the same time. So we hit the end of it, and then something happens that wasn't very good, and I'm at home with my son, and... I, I hit zero. I went and I sat down in a corner and I hung my head. My son looked at me and said, Daddy, what's wrong? I was not about to attempt to explain the nuance of everything I was feeling at that time to a four-year-old. So I said, Daddy's just really sad right now. So after a couple minutes, he came, he gave me a hug, and he gave me different toys and told me, oh, well, if you had a really good day, you could have this, or you can have this so you can feel better. Thanks, buddy. But all the toys in the world weren't going to help me there. It's very cute. He was being very, very sweet. But that's not what I needed. And when you're a single parent, you don't have that other person to go lean on. You don't have that person to tag out, say, I just need a few minutes. Can you take care of the kids? So what do we do? How do we even start to address it? I think the answer to that is you start addressing it. A few episodes ago, I talked about being honest with the people around you and being honest with God about what you're going through, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. This is especially true when you're in that point of breaking. If you lie to yourself or you try to lie to God or other people about where you are, you're not going to make it. You're not going to recover in a good way. And it's okay to have those moments of breaking down. Let's look at some scripture about this. Let's go to Psalm 22. If I had to guess, you've probably heard of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, etc., etc. Psalm 22, by contrast, starts like this. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. 
and by night, but I have no rest. Man, talk about being honest with God. God, why have you left me alone? As David writes this, you can tell that he is just feeling crushed from every side. There's nothing he can do, or he doesn't think so anyway. And let's remember that David is called the man after God's own heart. And yet, he writes psalms like this. This isn't the only one that has this sort of overtone of I am being pressed by all sides and I don't know what to do. This is just the one that I picked. So David is showing us that it's okay to just be frustrated, to be at that point of breaking down and to go to God and say, I'm not okay. I am not okay. And we have to have the ability to say that, to admit that even to ourselves. I mean, that's the first thing we need to do, is just be honest about where we are. Now, let's look at another example of somebody being honest about where they are. First Kings chapter 19. This is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This is Elijah on Mount Horeb. Elijah is running away. And you're like, well, Elijah didn't seem like the kind of guy run away. Isn't this the guy who killed all the prophets of Baal? Like, yeah. But Elijah's running away. And to explain why, we'll read verses 9 and 10. This is after the 40 days and 40 nights, and the angel has fed him and told him to go to the mountain. So starting at verse 9, Then he came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah is afraid. The forces of Jezebel have killed all of God's other people, and he is alone. And he goes to this mountaintop to have this encounter with God. And God, who fed him and gave him drinks in order for him to even make it to the mountain, is asking Elijah why he's there. Does God not know? Of course God knows. I think the real question here was for Elijah. Elijah, why are you here? Why do you think you're here? That's an important question for us to ask when we're in the breakdown sort of mindset. Why? Why are we so burnt out? Why are we so tired? What's happened? Has it just been a long week? Did something bad happen? Or are you stuck in your own head? Are you in one of those one-if loops I've talked about before where you're worrying about what could have been or what could be? Worrying about the future, obsessed about the past. Or are you just seeing the negative things about what's going on in your life right now? Because if that's why you're on your mountaintop, it's time to readjust what you're looking at. So how do we even do that? How do you readjust what you're looking at in this situation? Let's go back to Psalm 22. What I read before was verses 1 and 2. Let's read 3, 4, and 5, because I think this gives us an idea of where our headspace needs to be. Verse 3, 
yet you are holy. O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. Remember, this is right after David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While David is feeling crushed upon all sides, he never forgets who God is. That God is gracious and merciful and that he loves him. In our day and age, it's almost the equivalent of saying, I'm getting really crushed right now, but everything's going to be okay because God, you're with me. That's like the 2019 version of what David says here. So when I talk about refocusing your mind, where does it go? First part of verse three, yet you are holy. David doesn't even focus on any particular attribute. You are comforting. You are a father. You are all of these things. He says you are holy to the very root of what God is. God is holy above all things in a way that we can never understand. David remembers that that's who God is. Because there are things that you can change. You can change your attitude. You can change your job. You can change your name. But God doesn't change. His holiness is a thing that never changes. His love for you never changes. Who he made you to be doesn't change. It's the expression of that love that might change. It's how you express who you are in Jesus that might change because of these other factors. I thought I was going to be in quote-unquote standard ministry, have a church, get to a pulpit Sunday mornings, other services, all those things. Instead, I'm sitting here talking to a microphone, hoping that you all out there listen to it. It doesn't look like ministry, but it is. And I take it just as seriously as if I had a church, a physical church. So what do we do? What is God's response to all this? And biblically, there's at least two I want to talk about. The first is the kind that we are looking for. We look for comfort. We want to feel better. And we go to Isaiah 40, verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. I am with young. I'm not pregnant. That would be amusing. But I have a child. See, God wants to comfort us to help us to feel better in those times where we're just overwhelmed, when it's all become too much. There is comfort there for us. And this isn't like an optional thing. This isn't a thing God might do. He will tend his flock. He will gather the lambs. And he will carry them. He will. Will you let him? Different question. Because the question here isn't what is God willing to do. The question is what are you willing to put in his hands? Because God will try to comfort you. Will you accept it? It's not a part of this verse. 
It's just a part of reality. But God doesn't want us to just sit around either. And I think he has a different response if we have sort of that second thing that we're wrapped up in. If we're wrapped up in our own heads for no reason other than just we are, I think God gives us a little bit different direction. Because at that point, it's not comfort that we need, despite us thinking that. What we need is direction. What we need is to know what to go and do. Now let's go back to the story of Elijah on the Mount. And I think I have shared on this story before. So I apologize if I'm just rehashing what I said before. But Elijah's on the mountain and the fire happened and the wind happens and the earthquake happens and Elijah stays in the cave and then the still small voice happens and Elijah covers his face and he comes out of the cave. The still small voice didn't tell Elijah what to go do. The still small voice got Elijah out of the cave. And then him and God have this interaction again. And God's reaction after Elijah repeats himself is not comfort. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to, to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Haziel king over Aram and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Mahola. I'm doing my best with the names here. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. God tells Elijah to go do stuff. It's not about comfort for Elijah because Elijah isn't in need of comfort. Elijah was in need of direction. That's what God gave him. And then Elijah goes off and does this stuff. We don't have any verses where Elijah goes, but God, can't you help me feel better first? He just goes. So ask yourself that question. Do you want comfort? Do you need comfort? Or do you need direction? Because direction is its own form of comfort. Because when you're lost in the woods, you don't need somebody to come give you a hug and tell you it's okay. You need somebody to say, hey, the exit's that way. And there's a comfort in knowing what you need to do next. So when you're at that 25 20, 15, 10%, when you are just at the end of your rope. Be honest. Be honest with God. But be honest with yourself. Are things happening around you that are overwhelming you? Or are you overwhelming you about nothing? Are you overwhelming you about concerns about a future that hasn't happened or a past that's already done? Do you feel broken? And need someone to prop you up and comfort you? Or do you feel lost and need someone to tell you what you need to do next or where to go? It's important to ask the right question because we could spend so much time in our lives chasing after things that aren't the answer to the right question. We seek comfort when we need direction. We seek direction when we need comfort. And we forget that all of these things come from a holy God who, no matter how we change, he doesn't. So figure out your question and then ask that question. Listen to the answer and see what God does to restore you back to 100%. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your holiness. 
We thank you for your comfort and for your direction. We pray that we would open our hearts and our minds and our schedules to allow you to speak into our lives, to receive that comfort or that direction, to become the people that you made us to be so that we can show our kids how to handle those times when you just don't have it right now. When you're breaking down, help us to show our kids your grace through those moments and not our human nature. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. You can email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. If you have a little bit more, please go rate, review, comment on the show on whatever service you can so that those computer programs know that we're here and we're something that people are listening to and looking to because we need help and we're not alone in needing that help. So until next time, remember that it's okay to be honest. Just remember that God is holy.